a geeky, I mean geeky, I mean detailed, I mean breakdown, major breakdown of the Utah Jazz guards coming up. I mean, only I would smile about something like this next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is the number one thing all Jazz fans are talking about? What are we going to do with our guard line? We're going to get into last year's numbers and see if it gives us any insight into why this is such a difficult discussion. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Thanks so much. That's the plan for Locked On Jazz today. We'll look at Sexton, THT, Dunn, Clarkson, and Ochai for just a tiny little bit. And we'll look at their on-ball percentage and their usage rate and their isolation game and their perimeter shooting and their drive rate and their roll-adjusted passing on a Tuesday. And we'll look at deflections and their LeBron rating and their isolation numbers and their pick-and-roll numbers. And we'll discover something a little interesting in that. And we'll try to see if, what the difference is between Colin Sexton, Taylor Horton Tucker, Chris Dunn, and Jordan Clarkson as the Jazz try to figure out what they're doing with their guard line. If we have time, we'll dig into a little Western Conference preview based on top players, but I actually kind of want to redo it now because ESPN is out with their top 100 and see if it changes at all because I was using the Ringer top 115 and the uh, ESPN is actually much more uh, favorable to the Jazz. So I don't think, I don't know if we're going to get to that today. Um, I'm David Locke, radio voice of Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider, and this is Locked on Jazz. It's your daily podcast in the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. And thank you very much for the everydayers out there that make it click. It was great the other night. I was at uh, Climate Pledge, and some guy yells at me, hey, I'm an everydayer. I was like, awesome. Came over, said hi. So please come by, say hi. Um, all right, few things here, a few bookkeeping notes for you. Apologize, I left the show on uh, premiere a day late, um, maybe two and a half hours sleep um, yesterday. We'll do that to you, um, but or just being an idiot. So sorry about that, a little late coming up. Um, follow me on all my socials, DLock09 on Instagram, TikTok, Snap, and then Locked on Jazz YouTube. I'm doing little one-minute things. That my whole series this year is going to be one minute with. So throughout the day, each day, I'm going to have series every day, one minute with. So it could be one minute with me about something. It could be one minute with Thurled. Today, we're doing content day, which means we're for like 10 hours. We go down, we interview the players and do things like that. And I'm going to, I'll, I'll try to do one minute with Michael Smith, one minute with Lemma Harrington, one minute with Thurl Bailey, one minute with like, we'll just do a bunch of stuff. So follow me, wherever's best for you. YouTube will be up shorts on a short on Locked On Jazz. Uh, Instagram's DLocko9. Um... I guess I could probably use X a little bit on these two. Um, so Snap and TikTok. So whatever's best for you. Thank you very much. Another news note. Sorry, there's a bunch of stuff. Um, listening to the Jazz broadcast. 97.5. Stream on 97.5. Stream on Utah Jazz app. Sirius XM. And this is what I actually did last night. Um, you know, telling the device... I use the G word, G-O-O-G-L-E devices, not the A-L-X, A-L-E-X-A devices. Don't want to say either. I have both. Um, so you tell that device to play Utah Jazz on Sirius XM, 
And if you've linked your SiriusXM account to that, you can just have the audio radio broadcast coming across the whole house. So last night, for example, I said, okay, play Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that too soon? I'm sorry. I'm not actually sorry. All right. Anyway, let's get to it. All right. Um, that was not all just to set up for that. I have other bookkeeping fun stuff as well. Uh, for those of you on YouTube, the YouTube question of the day today, uh, which we always try to get you, is um, what is your backcourt starting lineup? Um, starting lineup. So what's interesting about where we are right now um, is that I feel like, and we'll see what Will does. I was wrong, 100% wrong on what Will was going to do in game two. He actually ended up kind of just rolling out the same thing. Um, so YouTube question is, what is your backcourt starting lineup? Is It feels like Jordan coming off the bench is kind of like a really good idea, and we'll just and hold to that if we can score enough with our starting lineup, which has been a little bit of sketchy. And Ochai is the backup three who then kind of keeps staying on the floor. And as I said, I think we'll only play a nine-minute rotation. Feels really good. So to some extent, we're kind of now into Sexton, Dunn, Clarkson, or Sexton, Dunn, THT, and Keontae. And in the preseason, Colin has had an unfair thing happen to him. He has not gotten minutes against the second team in the second half and been able to go off like everybody else. We have this really good feeling of Chris Dunn because of his fourth quarter against Xavier Moon and the Clippers. And we have a pretty good feeling about Taylor Horton Tucker because of his fourth quarter against, uh, and third quarter against, really third quarter against Xavier Moon and the Clippers. And we have a pretty good feeling about Keontae because he had a good little stretch there and because he played Frankie Ferrari in the summer league and whoever the Clippers summer league guard was and scored 30. And so we have a really good feeling on those players. And that's the one thing that's unfair right now to, uh, of what's taking place for Colin as he hasn't had those minutes. If we had a Colin stretch, we'd feel good about him too. Um, I do, I think I said this yesterday. Maybe I didn't. I kept this thought inside. I should, should, should keep this thought inside. There are people out there that are just completely biased on which players their favorite. Totally fine. But they're really in a Pandora's box right now because if they're trying to base their whole case on Chris Dunn's fourth quarter, then they have to accept Taylor Horton Tucker's fourth quarter and then they don't know what to do. And if they dismiss Taylor Horton Tucker's, then they have to dismiss Chris Dunn's and it's really screwing them up when they're, because um, really, there's just not a lot to take it. So here, let's take a look at this. So first, let's start with on-ball percentage. Percentage of time they have the ball in their hands. Will's talking about having a dual guard system where everyone brings it up and does. So Sexton, last year, had the ball in his hands 31% of the time. Talon had the ball in his hands 38% of the time. Chris Dunn had his hands in the ball 41% of the time. And Clarkson, 24%. Now, again, I think Clarkson's kind of got his role, but who plays with whom? Like the other night, we had a lot of success when both Chris Dunn and, and Keontae George played with Jordan Clarkson, Ochai Abaji, Kelly Olenek, and Walker Kessler in that bench unit. So is that something we're heading on? So that one's interesting to me. Like, so really, and they're all a little different, right? So Chris Dunn, 41% of the time he has the ball. He's really playing the point. He's got the ball in his hand. Talon's 38%, still pretty high. And then Sexton drops to 31. So he can play off the ball probably. And Jordan plays 24. This kind of, again, leads me to the Colin plays, Jordan plays, but not together. Usage rate. Jordan's the highest at 28%. Talon's at 26%. Colin's at 23%. And Dunn's at 20%. Okay. Like, that's a little interesting. Dunn needs it less. Colin, Jordan has the highest. Like, do you mix those two and actually put Colin and Talon together? Oh, well, actually, that's what Will's done so far. Makes what the more you look at the Colin Talon setup to start games, it actually makes more and more sense. Like it, it, it logically actually works. Now, does it actually practically work? Has not been decided yet. 
But when you're sitting in coaches' meetings and trying to figure out what you're going to do best, suddenly having Chris Dunn and Jordan Clarkson together makes a lot of sense. Or having Keontae George and Jordan Clarkson together because the veteran aspect makes a lot of sense. And when you look at these numbers of percentage of ball in the hands and this kind of stuff, having Colin and Taylor together makes a lot of sense. Let's get into their games. Isolation impact. I'm using B-ball index here to start, and I'll go to second spectrum numbers here in a a moment. Isolation impact. Colin Sexton got a grade. B-ball index does grades. Cool site. Um, A plus. Dunn got an A plus. Clarkson got an A minus. And THT got a C minus. Now, just quickly on Ochai. 7% on ball. 7%. 15% usage rate and an F in isolation. Okay, let's move him over here. He's a different player. And having him play... Backup three, complement two at times, if we have another three who's playing well, is probably the answer. But having really having Ochai play, Lowry's backup, and then he fills the three minutes when Lowry slides to the four and the five. Lowry's not going to play, Lowry's going to play 36 minutes, but they're not all going to be at three. They're probably going to be, if I'm just kind of estimating, 20 of them are going to, 20 of Lowry's 36 minutes will probably be at the three. The first five minutes of each half, in the last five minutes of each half, will likely have Lowry at the three. So that's 20 minutes of his 36 minutes a night. That means there's 16 minutes. Well, there's actually, that means there's 28 minutes of backup three minutes for Ochai to play, which would be great. So that feels like, again, that feels somewhat solidified. Clarkson kind of coming off the bench feels okay if we can figure out what's playing with the top group. Um, Isolation turnover percentage. This is like, and it's interesting to me how similar all of our players get. Isolation turnover percentage. So Taylor Norton Tucker's the best at a C minus grade. Dunn and Clarkson are D's and Sexton's an F. Perimeter shooting. Clarkson's the best at an A minus. Sexton and Taylor Norton Tucker are the exact same at B's. And Dunn's at a D plus. Okay, we kind of knew that. We've got a bunch more. So, so here, so what's the early takeaway here? The early takeaway from looking at on-ball percentage, usage, and isolation numbers, and perimeter shooting, okay, those four, and we'll dig deeper into them, is that Dunn-Clarkson seems to actually make sense. Sexton-Taylor-Horton-Tucker seems to make sense. It's kind of where we started the year. Like, you start looking at these numbers, you can understand exactly why the coaching staff did what they did. And then how does Keontae weave his way in here? And we'll, we'll, we'll get to that when we continue. We're just getting started. We're just getting started. We're going to look at rim creation, passing, playmaking, deflections, overall ratings, estimated plus minus. I mean, I you oh god, does it does it just excite you? It should excite you. Come on, this is fun stuff. I agree. There's nothing that's weirder than how excited I get about the idea that I actually get to talk about numbers and try to talk about it. It's yeah, it's a little strange. I'm with you. All right, we'll come back. We'll we'll continue. We're just getting started. Actually, some interesting takeaways coming up on this, um, on how they all how they all w- meld together and why trying to figure out who's your favorite and what works is so darn complicated in the midst of all of this. Today's show is brought to you by my good friends over at Intercap Lending. That's Steve Carter. That is uh Blake Worthen. Uh, these guys are great. And what really to me jumps out about Intercap, one is you, you sometimes look like, wow, that company's doing really well. Why? So their growth rate is amazing. Why? Because of their amazing customer service. They get deals done. That's the simplest 
way to look at it. If you're a lender or you're someone and you're in that business and you want to deal with someone, you got to deal with someone who you have confidence and get a deal done or else it doesn't work. So that's the number one on intercap. Number two is I can tell you just how confidently I can tell you to go there because of the fact that I've used intercap. Our COO has used intercap. A ton of lockdown listeners have used intercap. And what we thought, what we're finding is frankly, Steve Carter is a hero when it comes to customer service. I can pull up any of a million recommendations and emails I've gotten from people who said just what an amazing human being Steve Carter is. You can reach Steve at 385-885-28, but I'd rather if you just emailed me at dlock09 at gmail.com and then I can set you up. I know it's a tough time right now in the lending. I personally am in a situation where I have to do something, so I feel you. Um, but then let's get the best guy, put you in the best situation, give you the best flexibility to deal with um, when times change. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, visit Intercap Lending or just email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com and we will take care of you. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. What fun with FanDuel. FanDuel, get into the game. We've been playing around with all of our predictions. What's your NBA over-under? If you're new to FanDuel, new customers get a $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. So snap into action. With the NBA or NFL season with FanDuel's number one sportsbook, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, overs, unders. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off the NFL season. The FanDuel Sportsbook has all of the great games um, on there. You have tonight's game. Uh, what is, what's tonight's game coming in on? We, we could be watching tonight's game during uh, Chiefs against Broncos. Chiefs are five and a half point favorite. Russell Wilson, 200 plus yards passing. Are you going there? Um, they're having a little fun with their four, uh, little bet slip of four different things. Oh, actually, wait a sec. I take it back. Chiefs are a 10 and a half point favorite. I love that. Chiefs are a 10 and a half point favorite. Anytime touchdown scores, Travis Kelsey is minus 150. Opening kickoff to be a touchback. You can get in on all of it. It's super fun. Over at FanDuel, just make sure you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get you started. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day today. I super appreciate it. And thanks to the every and everybody leaves a uh, review. Uh, tomorrow on the Friday edition of Locked On Jazz, I want to do another Ask LOJ. We've not done an Ask LOJ in a little while, so I'll drop that out. Plus, I'll have a bunch of fun stories from Content Day. We're spending all day with the players. Um, and then uh, I do want to, we'll do some of the preview uh, stuff that we may get to today. I can't quite tell uh, right now. So that's coming up. Make sure you join us tomorrow. All right. Um, where was I in this fun stuff? Uh, perimeter shooting, we did. Rim shot creation. This is where these guys are all similar and all great. A plus for Sexton, A plus for THT, A plus for Clarkson, A for Dunn. Pretty amazing. Drive pass out rate. This is where these guys are all similar. <laughs> B minus for Clarkson. He's the best at passing on a drive. C for Dunn, C for THT, C minus for Sexton. This is really what truly is, is, is I did this to, and, and broke this down. What jumped out to me is, what makes this so complicated is how similar these guys really are. There really is, it's just not a huge difference. Um, Roll adjusted assist rate. Now I thought this was going to be really different because 
When you go to Cleaning the Glass, uh, which is uh, Ben Falk's great site, and you look at Taylor Norton Tucker versus Colin Sexton, the assist rates are so different that I really thought this was going to be a massively different thing. So if you look at Taylor Horton Tucker, and assist rate is percentage of assists when you're on the floor. And last year, Taylor Horton Tucker was 27.4 assist rate, which is the percentage of teammates who made shots uh, did the play, did this player assist on. 24, 27.4. For, for him, classified as a wing player, that's in the 99th percentile. I don't think he should be classified as a wing player, so it's a little misleading. But 27.4 is still the number to remember. Colin is at 17.9, which is way up from where he was in Cleveland, to his credit, and his improvement, but it's a vastly different number. So when, when we went to roll-adjusted assist rate, I thought these numbers would be really different. They're only sort of different. D- uh, Dunn gets an A-. minus. Clarkson gets a B+. Plus. Taylor gets a B-, minus. so I was surprised. But Colin does get an F. And he's improved it a great deal. So that, I think you got to remember that. Colin's heading in the right direction in that regard. Okay. Playmaking talent. So this is driving the basket, bringing gravity to you, ability to create for someone else. Open it up. A for Clarkson. A for Taylor Horton Tucker. A minus for Dunn. A minus for Sexton. So similar. We told you yesterday about Will Hardy's new philosophy of hand on the ball. So what about deflections? Chris Dunn, A, Taylor B minus, okay, d- got the length. Sexton D, or Clarkson D, Sexton D minus. One of the better, gra- so those are, those are our, those are our end of our kind of individual skill numbers until I, I'm going to look at one other thing. Um. Now let's go to just pure individual play numerics. Hopefully this is interesting. I really have no choice at this point. That's what I'm doing. And again, so on drives, we're a drive team. We were fourth in the league in drives last year. We're on drives. The best is done at 1.16. 22 games, short sample size, less good play. Great, I don't care. 1.16, give him credit. Sexton, 1.15. Pretty special. TH Clarkson 1.04 and THT 1.02. So Sexton's really impressive here at 1.15. What this tells me is when Sexton really bounced last year, and he had some really incredible stretches that gave you really high hopes, Will used his superpower, which is that awesome first step off the ball. Boom, boom, get it to Sexton on the drive. Bam, quick decision, go. When we've watched Colin even in preseason and last year when he's trying, he's so set on trying to do the right thing and trying to be the the best decision maker and help his teammates is isn't there's nobody with better intentions, but I feel like it freezes his superpower. It's like, I don't know the Batman or action figure or Marvel, whatever I go with, but it's like the, you know, whatever the kryptonite is to his superpower is when he has to think a bunch and try to make decisions. And so to me, when I look at that drive number of 1.15 and I look at his rim shot creation of an A plus and his isolation impact as an A plus and a playmaking talent as an A minus. So those are, that's Colin's superpower. That to me is off the ball. That's someone else brings it up. We swing it. We get to Lowry, push, 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 boom, pow. Here comes Colin downhill. That's him at his best. So when you're trying to figure out how you're using him, I, I have him with someone who's, 
maybe one of the higher usage rates guy. Chris Dunn's 41%. Taylor Horton Tucker's 38%. I'm getting right back to the idea that Taylor with Colin actually makes a ton of sense. Again, on paper, what we've seen so far was eh. One day, actually, day one was pretty good. Our offensive rating as a starters was a 120 in game one, and game two was not as good. Pretty tired. Isolation numbers. Dunn was at 1.4 last year, which was crazy high. It's actually so high it can't be replicated, um, but it's great. So Dunn gets a lot of credit here. So now Dunn, good isolation numbers, pretty good drive numbers. Is it Dunn, Sexton? THT, Clarkson, and then again, Keontae works his way in here somewhere over time. And I don't have Keontae numbers. Well, I could go pull him actually from college. Um, isolation number six a game done. Done runs the fewest, but at 1.39. Collins pretty special again at 1.15. Clarkson's at 1.03. And interesting, THT is not very good at 0.89, which is surprising to me because his, to me, his isolation game is pretty good. What's most interesting to me here on this is then I go to pick and roll. Okay, so do we have a pick and roll point? And we, we really don't. The best is Clarkson at 1.04, but he is not a pick and roll guard. Then Dunn at 1.01. Then Sexton at 0.99. And then THT at 0.91. THT, I think, got, I, I, I could, I'm, I'm uh, maybe being overly positive here, but my feeling on THT is these numbers got better as the year goes on. But what gets super interesting about this is that all of these guys' numbers are better in isolation than they are in pick and roll. So again, now if Keontae can play some pick and roll, and I said this earlier that kind of you start looking at the skill set of what we have, we don't have a lot of off-the-bounce shooters, we don't have a lot of above-the-break three-point shooters, and we don't have a lot of pick-and-roll guards. So if Keontae can start to do any of those three things with some regularity, then he ends up being a pretty – he ends up kind of working his way in the lap. I, I know this is no fun, but rookie guards usually don't have a lot of efficiency and aren't particularly great at it. To put this in perspective for a second – uh, Clarkson's 1.04 is if you take the top 100 point guards in the NBA and pick and roll, Clarkson's 18th. So he's not bad. He's in the 82nd percentile. That's actually pretty good. It's actually really good. I mean, he's right around James Harden, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, Mike Conley. He, he's just not like I think we'd be kind of off, honest about it. He's not really a pick and roll guard like the way we're talking about Anthony Edwards or John Morant or some of these other guys, the way they play it. Clarkson's playing that pick and roll in a different fashion. Um, Dunn's 1.01 in his short time last year. It wouldn't rank, but it would put him at about 40th of the top 100 uh, guards in the NBA. And um, 0.99 of, of Sexton puts him right in the middle of the pack at about 50. So you're now into the, like, Goran Dragic's and the Bones Highlands and the Cameron Paynes, actually right where LeBron was last year. Don't tell anyone. And then 0.91 for THT, just trying to put this in perspective, does put him at about 90th out of 100 guards in the pick and roll. So you're with RJ Barrett and Dennis Smith Jr. and Corey Joseph and Taylor Horton Tucker actually had enough to qualify. Jalen Green, Killian Hayes, um, just to put that in kind of perspective where that is. So again, and and then um, we'll get into the final numbers here in a second and I will do uh, the first step of the of the top talent thing. Um, um, this one just was interesting to me. It tells me a little bit of how I think we're going to play this year. We're just a better drive isolation team then we are a high pick and roll team. We just don't really have pick and roll guards. Um, 
And so then that opens up the question of like, okay, so again, then how are you pairing these guys together? If you don't really have a picker, well, the, the, the takeaway I have here from this, and then I'll get into just one last set of numbers here in a second, is kind of what I keep saying. These guys are all crazy similar. Dunn's a little different. But they're all crazy similar. They all have very similar skill sets, which allows us to kind of play similarly whoever they are. But there's just no one whose skills are like, oh, well, this skill really matches with this skill and this puzzle piece goes together because they're like that. THT Clarkson and Sexton are super similar and Dunn's actually even got some similarities to it without the outside shooting. Um, Dunn just has the ball in his hands a great deal because that's his gravity. So the biggest difference to me is the fact that Dunn needs the ball in his hands a great deal. Clarkson doesn't, where THT and Sexton both kind of equally do. Which again, makes sense of like, oh, THT and Sexton start and Clarkson and Dunn play off the bench together. Oh, well, this makes sense. And then Keontae works his way in. And the thing that gets interesting is frankly, because they're all so similar as Keontae plays better, whichever's playing least well, you just step Keontae. All right, we'll look at one last set of kind of overall grades on these guys to show the similarities. And then we'll do some quick little look at the Western Conference. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen to the day. If you got your Jazz Plus now, all game streaming as well as exclusive content, $125.50 a season, less than $1.50 a game. Days like today and content day get you all sorts of exclusive content you wouldn't get otherwise. So go to nba.com slash jazz slash jazz plus. Numbers are great. Reviews are great. Um, awesome fan base to be behind it. It's really cool. All right, quick overall grades. Um, Taylor Schnarr, I always mention his name because he's local. <clears throat> effective plus minus. It's kind of the geeky community's favorite end all stats. Jordan Clarkson was a plus 0.2. Chris Dunn was a plus 0.1. Colin Sexton was a minus 0.5. Taylor Horton Tucker was a minus 0.9. Okay. Last year. Um, again, somewhat similar. I think we know that Jordan was the best. I think we know Chris Dunn had an amazing 22 games. And then the others are kind of pretty similar. Um, to see how they how they all work and how they all play. Um, offensively, Clarkson was a plus 1.5. Dunn was a plus 0.6. Colin was a plus 0.2. And Taylor was a minus 1.2. Uh, the one player who looks like he might be a little different is Taylor's shooting right now. So that's what gets interesting here as well. Um, defensively, Jordan was a minus 1.4. Dunn was a minus 0.5. Sexton was a minus 0.3. And Taylor Horton Tucker was a plus 0.3 defensively. Kind of weird. So um, interesting just kind of um, when you compare those numbers and that look. Um, rim finishing, this is amazing. Dunn 61%, Clarkson 59%, Sexton 58 and then Horton Tucker 55 Horton Tucker can make the three and rim finish. He actually has the upside on all these things, but he does not, he has not done that yet. So that's going to be the key um, piece of that. All right, uh, LeBron ratings were kind of cruel. Um Horton Tucker got a B with a B plus for offense and a C minus for defense. Dunn got an A minus, an A minus for offense, a C plus for defense. Clarkson got a C minus, an A minus for offense, and an F for defense. And Sexton got a D minus with a B plus for offense and an F for defense. So our four defensive grades were F, F, C minus, and C plus. Maybe that's going to be the deciding factors, which one of these guys plays some defense. Real plus minus, similar story. Sexton was an A minus offense, F defense. THT was a B plus offense, C minus defense. Dunn was an A minus offense, F defense, which seems strange. 
Clark, Clarks was an A offense, D minus defense. Maybe that's actually what we're looking at here. Is which one of these starts to have a positive impact defensively, and that actually tells the story. And maybe that's what this is all really going to be about. All right, I did a little thing in the Western Conference where I looked at the remaining players on each team's roster and what their plus minus is going into the season. Okay? So Spurs and Rockets and Suns, I can't do. They don't have enough players. But... It's interesting. The Warriors, so the Lakers come out the best, but they only have, a because of no Russ, they only have 189 possessions in which their guys have played any of their, they've had lineups that they have this year on their team um, because of Russell's departure. So they're at 28.6, which is like kind of false numbers. Dallas, taking Christian Wood out, really is all you're doing here with their players, with all their returning players, They're at 18.1. Pretty interesting number on Dallas. Dallas is talking about playing Prosper and starting Lively and all these rookies. And it's going to be interesting if they screw this up. Because they actually have a core players returning, even without Dorian Finney-Smith, even without um, Spencer Dinwiddie that they traded for Kyrie Irving. With their core returning players, they're an 18.1 positive. I wouldn't, like, guess order on this. I think this gives you an idea of just where things are. Wow, the, the clouds just lifted and there's snow everywhere. Um, Memphis, with their core remaining, six plus 16.7. I think Memphis, Memphis 45.5 feels like, you know, you guys can all, don't take my advice, but just, I'd look at that on the upside. Denver 14.2 and the Warriors 18.5. So Warriors 18.5, Dallas, eight, Lakers, small sample size, huge. Then Warriors 18.5, Dallas 18.1, Memphis 16.7, Denver 14.2. Phoenix not available. The Clippers, who look great against us, just 5.1. Sacramento, great year last year. Over-unders down at 44.5, just 5.0. A little surprising. Minnesota 3.2, New Orleans 3.2, Jazz 3.1, Oklahoma City minus 2.9. And they're going to add Chet, and everyone's high on it, but he's still a first-year player. Bunch of my numbers have the Jazz fitting ahead of the Thunder this year. We'll see if I turn out to be crazy on that. So, all right, plus, minus, group all the returners together, get rid of the guys that aren't back, get rid of the scrubs that aren't playing this year, Get all the guys together. Lakers came out the best, but only 189 possessions. Then the Warriors at 18.5. Well, I'm fairly bullish on the Warriors. Dallas at 18.1. Memphis at 16.7. Denver at 14.2. They lost Bruce Brown, but nothing else. Then why I'm a little worried about the Clippers of whether their roster actually works. They look great against us. Plus 5.1. Minnesota 3.2, New Orleans 3.2, Jazz 3.1. Okay, part two of this. Returning players, core three players. So this gets into a really small sample size. Memphis is the best. You take out Dylan. By the way, you're taking out Dylan Brooks. That's why you're getting Memphis's numbers being so good. Memphis is the best, just 100 possessions, plus 35.4. So that's Jaw, Jaron, Desmond. Dallas, Christian Wood's gone. Luca, 
Tim Hardaway, Kyrie, 25. New Orleans, 21. Warriors, 20. Nuggets, 13. Phoenix, not enough possessions. Lakers, plus 20, no Russ. Sacramento, plus 7. Clippers, minus 19.2. With Russ, plus 1.2. This is where the question on whether the Clippers roster really fits and whether Sacramento and all rights really that good. Oklahoma City, minus 1.3. Jazz, plus 5.3. Minnesota, plus 5.2. Conley, no towns, plus 7. And then New Orleans comes out, as I said, pretty well. So again, to wrap that up, the best is Memphis at 35. Second best is Dallas at 25 without Wood. Then New Orleans at 21. Lakers at 20 with no Russ. Phoenix at, or excuse me, Golden State at night at 20. Denver at 13. Sacramento at seven. Minnesota at six. Jazz at five. Clippers at minus 19.2. A little interesting. Okay, we'll do the Eastern Conference on that tomorrow. We'll do points gained on Monday and Tuesday next week. And we'll do Ask LOJ tomorrow. Thanks very much for tuning in to Lockdown Jazz. Appreciate you.